Cubs game today has been moved. It will be played at 7.05. Pre-game on the score will start at 6.30. That means that the Bulls, who we also carry here on the score, will be on our sister station, WBBM News Radio 780. And it also means that Matt Spiegel's afternoon nap has been interrupted. <laughs> it's been rescheduled. He is here, and he will take care of you until 6 o'clock. You know, I know some people talk about a golf nap that they like on a Saturday or Sunday afternoon. I'm a big proponent of it. I, I, I think the baseball nap is vastly underrated. The Cubs afternoon baseball nap and just miss a little... <sighs> Miss a little, miss, miss a, a lot. lot. But no, you just miss a little bit, and then you wake back up, maybe grab the MLB at bat app. And, and you're, you're like, like, oh, it's the fourth inning. Yeah, I'm still good. <laughs> <laughs> it's the fourth inning. I have two and a half hours left of my afternoon. So I'd like to apologize to any listeners who were looking forward to a little Cubs radio nap this afternoon, and I'd like to welcome you to the Parkins and Spiegel nap this afternoon, it's Spiegel solo. I think I'm very nap worthy. No, 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 no. There's a lot of stuff for you to talk about on today's show. But oh no, I I know that. I just mean like the it, comfort. I, I I aim to be nap worthy. Like there's a beautiful thing about a baseball game or a golf broadcast being nap worthy. It's it's keeping you comfortable and entertained and informed at the same time. That's a wonderful goal. I am also a proponent. Of the Friday afternoon nap. Mm-hmm. Now I'm lucky. Like my my time slot allows for it that I can go home and get in a good nap and then figure out what I want to do. But I remember being in college, and this is when I discovered the Friday afternoon nap. Because <laughs> in high school, like there was always stuff to do. Yeah. Like you know, by the time that sure. you got out of the school mm-hmm. and back home, it was probably four or five o'clock. There was no real need for a nap. Mm. But in college. My schedule was usually done 11 o'clock on Fridays. Like, I, I was big into Monday, Wednesday, Friday, like, overloading my Monday, Wednesday, Friday classes sure. and having no classes on Tuesday and Thursdays. All right, so Friday at 11, do you go get lunch? You go get a real good lunch? Uh, breakfast. Oh, okay, go get breakfast. Salt and pepper diner, baby. That's solid. I, that's the move. And then you nap. Mm. You walk back to campus and you nap, and you're like, all right, whatever it is that we're about to get into on Friday night, I am energetic and ready to roll. So you're talking about the salt and pepper. I don't even know if it's still there. It's I'm Link- not. Lincoln near Wellington? Lincoln and Wrightwood. Wrightwood. Right, right, that's what I mean. Lincoln and Wrightwood there. The Golden the golden Apple is on Wellington, Wellington and yeah. Lincoln. No, but I, we were thinking of the Love same one. Place. Down by where the 7-Eleven uh, yes. used to be. And it, the 7-Eleven's still oh, there. It was a white hen pantry for a while. <laughs> And the Deja Vu was right there. The bar, the Deja Vu. You remember the Vu? Yes. That was right there. That was a filthy and wonderful place. When we were at the bunker, did you usually stop at the J.J. Peppers? Oh, at, at um, yeah. yeah. Like at, Belmont and Pulaski, Ir- maybe? Irving. Irving and... 
Irving and Pulaski, yes. And there was a little Chinese place right next to that that had pretty good pot stickers. I used to remember that Fred would always he, love to get his... His drink, his, his yeah. fountain drink at the J.J. Yeah, because it was like 69 cents or something <laughs> like that. And you walk in with this 32-ouncer. Fred is, is cost conscious. Have, have you been following along with what's going on with Fred on the personal level? No. The man lost his dearly loved wife oh, a couple years ago. Pat. Pat. The sweetest woman to ever walk the face of the earth. He's found love again. No way! And that just makes me so damn happy. Oh, that may, is it for beer? Because I know that that's what Fred really loves yeah. is beer. No, he's found another human that he's fallen in love with. That is outstanding. Isn't that outstanding? Fred is a wonderful guy. I'm hoping to have him on Score Stories one of these Thursdays at 5 o'clock. Um, Nothing but fond memories of, of working and dealing with Fred Hubner. Well, what you do is, is then whatever time it is, when it gets to a four, then just ask him for the scores <laughs> on the fours. Time now for those. An early moment. An early moment of Spiegel musical infusion into my score life. Scores. Time now for scores on, on the, the fours. fours. There you go. Just make sure that you ask him. Did you hear Julie Swiger yesterday during our score stories segment gave us the first, I believe, the first recorded female Murph impression? No, <laughs> it was, it was oh, brief. That's so great! Oh my god, it that was so good. That that makes my heart sing. Because <laughs> she she produced Murph. Yes, she did. That was her entree into uh, into the score radio. Was as a producer, and then eventually a part time update person. Then full-time. as a reporter. Yes, and then as a talk show host. Yeah, she's she's great, and what she's doing now, like to her for her to have that type of turn away from the business and and find success as a pastry chef. It's wonderful. And and we all knew cuz Julie would bring stuff to the station and you'd be like this is amazing. Like this is like you could do this professionally and then she's like yeah I could. So guess what? I'm <laughs> guess going what? to guess suckers. What? I think I will. Uh, um so you feeling the Bulls vibes today yeah, and tonight man? I'm, I'm allowing myself to get <sighs> into those vibes speaks and it, it's it's just fun. Like I was saying in the last segment, I, I, I've i seen Milwaukee come back from losing home court advantage. They're the defending champions. They're really good. They Giannis have, is the best player in the league. He's the best player in the league, so history says he's going to find a way, right? Right, and and I'm a Drew Holiday stan, so I, I, I think that he'll probably figure some stuff out too. What's cool about it is imagine us talking about this game with the Bulls being down 2 nothing. It feels like, can the Bulls salvage a game in this series? Mm-hmm. With the circumstances being what they are, with the Bull, with the Bucks losing Chris Middleton, it takes on a different vibe. And the vibe is, look, they can now win this series. Now, how much you put into them actually winning the series is up to you. But at least there is enough hope that walking into Game 3 tonight at the United Center it should be at a fever pitch. Absolutely. It, it, instead of people being scared, like I, I imagined it is like if there if the the Bulls had been blown out in games one and two, game three is like the crowd's kind of like, oh man, you know, let's let's hope that things don't go bad. It's our first playoff game right. since 2017. And now Give these people something. they're gonna be hyped. Yeah. Like the United Center is going because the Fiserv Center. 
with the Bulls fans who snuck in up there. It was loud there. Was loud. Yeah. So it's going to be a thing tonight, and that's got me jacked. Like, I'm like, yes, let's get this game started. Yeah, I, you know, yesterday when the Middleton news came out, I had to own my feelings and say it out loud, and I did. With Middleton out for the rest of the series, with DeMar having proven to himself and to his teammates that Drew Holiday can't just shut him down every game. Those are the same kind of shots, but he busted his ass and shot a lot between games and then got there and put up 41. Not all on Drew, but... You know, some on Wesley Matthews. Some on Giannis. And some on Giannis. And DeMar was great on both ends. With the Bulls having refound what Alex Caruso referred to as our spirit, we found our spirit again. Where's Jim? (laughs) Yeah, but you know what, though? That's you call it whatever you want. How about defensive continuity and defensive energy and fervor that they are playing with now for both games as led by Caruso? With with Patrick Williams having yes. found his fully aggressive self. And please give us that again yes, tonight. There's no excuse. And and he will get ridden by his teammates if he doesn't, because now they see it too. Yeah, and you know what? That's such a great point, Spees, because now that's a coaching point. That's a video. Yep. That's Billy Donovan and, and, and Mo Cheeks being like every game. Hey. Every game. Hey, Pat, remember when you did this? Yeah, we, we need it. We need it again. We need it again. Every, here's, here's a cut-up of you being aggressive. Continue to do that tonight, and we have a chance to advance in the NBA playoffs. So with all of those things in there together, I flat-out said it, and I'm standing by it. I'm feeling it. They're going to win this series. They're doing it. They, they, are, they are playing with a continuity and a defensive fervor that is a must. It is a baseline to even have a chance in the playoffs, and they are playing with it. DeMar is, is, knows that he can't just get shut down by Drew Holiday now, and now they've lost Middleton. Middleton is the number one pick-and-roll partner for Giannis. He's the number one. He is their best, um, their best free-throw shooter. He is their bailout scorer at the end of shot clocks, at the end of quarters and half times. And he's also a very effective defender on the Zachs and DeMars and Caruso's and anybody else of the world, especially on on their wings. It's not like the Bulls have a ton, but they've got two real good ones who you have to expend a lot of energy on. Who's going to guard uh, um, Zach now? When when either Matthews or Drew Holiday is on Demar, the other, yeah, but they're not going to be out there the whole time. You know the you know the Bucks are going to have to count on now. Pat Connaughton and Grayson Allen. Mm-hmm. Pat Connaughton and Grayson Allen. Allen is a good defender. Yes, he is. But but he's he, also a filthy little sob. And and I mean, I would suspect that you will see. You will see dirty tricks tonight, dude. I'm smelling the fireworks. So listen. I am flat out saying the Bulls are going to win the series, and I'm feeling it, and I understand that there are rational thoughts you can say against it. And as you say, history says that Giannis figures it out, that he will put up a couple 50-point triple-doubles like he did in the finals to close that out, and he finds a way, and I will look like a fool. I don't care. I'm feeling it, and I think there is enough logic to go along with the feeling at this point. There's no speaks. There's no doubt about that. This guy texted earlier. He's like, oh, you guys look like idiots. He's saying that the Bulls can win after after what you were saying obviously the situation has changed and it hasn't changed just because the bulls won the game Mm -hmm. it's changed because one of the most important pieces of the bucks is no longer available for this series 
that changes the math. And yes, you do have to take into account that the Bucks have been here before. They've done this thing where they're they're behind as far as having home court advantage, and they figure it out. Giannis is the best player in the NBA. Like, let's we're not saying that that's not the case. He's gonna have to do it a different way, though. He is gonna have to do it a different way. And my hope is that the the Bulls can continue to bottle the way that they've gone about defending him and continue to use it. You should still be concerned about Brooke Lopez and the matchup problem that he creates for the Bulls or that Drew Holiday might finally click on in this series because he hasn't yet. It's entirely possible. And, and, and he can. like He's capable of being a 20 to 25-point scorer in a series like this. All of that stuff is available. But what you saw from the Bulls was them put it together on both ends of the court. On both games. And, and And they were right there. Like that anger that all of us felt after game one, when they said, trust us, and we were like, okay, they went out and backed that up they came in game out, two. They came out harder. And and proved it. And now when they say things like Caruso at the end of the game after Donovan was talking and Caruso said, listen, you know, and, and Billy let Caruso address the team in that TikTok video. It's so good. And Caruso saying, look, they got punched and now they're going to step up. We have to play like the team that's down. We got to play it. And Zach said it again today in shoot around. He said, we know they're going to come out with a fervor. We're going to play like the team that's down today. Like they're all following Caruso's lead. And that dude is a playoff killer. He is the real deal. And, uh, and so I, I am absolutely feeling it, and I believe they're going to come out very, very strong tonight. To your point about Grayson Allen, I smell Tristan Thompson, Grayson Allen fireworks because Grayson is the guy who filled in when Middleton was hurt last time. There were seven games that Giannis and Holiday played without Middleton this year. Grayson Allen started all seven of them, and he had 17.9 points per game as a starter in those games. So he was a big part of it. So if he's a big part of it tonight, and Tristan's out there wanting to prove a little something, and his words and his communication is not doing it enough, and in his nine minutes, he's like, you know what? I think I'm going to do a little something. I could see Tristan Thompson destroying Grayson Allen tonight and maybe getting a suspension, and I don't know if that'll be a good thing. I'm just worried, because Grayson's going to be a big part of things now. He is. And you're going to see him, you're going to do stuff. There might be a trip. There might be a chicken wing. He's going to do something where we go, oh, he's doing the Grayson Allen thing. A lot of that overshadows the talent that he has as a player. Hmm. He's a good player. I know. He's a good shooter. And he's also not afraid. He's a good distance shooter. And he's not afraid to get in there and find himself a good two yes. as well. And, and, and the problem is, is that he, for some reason, he likes to lean into this character that he's played since I'm guessing, since he has been a basketball player, he likes to lean into that. And and I'm not sure that that serves him as well as he thinks it serves him. But I 100% expect some sort of thing from him in this game. <laughs> some, sort of, some sort of thing where we're all going, see, we're all Leonardo DiCaprio pointing at the TV going, he's doing that thing again that he does. <laughs> They were 7-9 and nine in 16 games that they played without Chris Middleton this year. 7-9. and nine. And I told you they played seven of them when Giannis and Holiday were there and Middleton was not. They were 4-3 and three in those games. So they can win. They have done it, uh, as you say. But 
you know, it's a much more evenly matched series, and the Bulls are feeling it. That's the key. The key is that we are now in a place where this evens out. You bet. And now, and you it, took home home court advantage, and you're right. here. And the, now it's shrunk. It's five games now, like one and two. All right, now it's a five game series, and you've got three games at home. What you gonna do? What you gonna do with those games? Yeah, man. Absolutely beautiful night at the ballpark last night for me and the wife. Uh, gorgeous first game at Wrigley for us. You picked a good night to do Ooh. it. It was Speaks. I, I was on my way to to the event yesterday. Uh, children's Oncology Services, the poker tournament. And I regretted not being able to be there, but we had these tickets and me and the wife had a date night there. It, it was great. Galleria Marchetti always is top notch. It was a lot of fun as per usual. Saw a lot of good people and obviously you're raising good money for a, an incredible charity with with Camp One Step. As I'm getting there, yeah. like, because I, I left, I, it was six o'clock was when we we're supposed to start. So I left Hyde Park at five and I thought I'd be able to make it, but ev- it was like everyone came out. It was like, oh, the sun's out. Uh-huh. And like everyone's out, like guys on motorcycles and oh, scooters. Yeah. Like the, the whole city was like flooded with people like, hey, it's finally kind of nice. We can go outside. I felt that too. We were driving from downtown to Wrigley on Lakeshore Drive and the lakefront was covered with humanity. People out there riding bikes and and doing the thing. And I looked at her and I'm like, we made it. We made it. And she said, oh, no, it's getting cold again. Yeah, it's getting cold cold again again. next week. But But like today, like it got cold and weird and rainy today. And then it's supposed to be 80 tomorrow. Fam, tomorrow is going to be a problem. (laughs) (laughs) And in a good way, I think. But you guys chose like it was perfect outside yesterday. Like you had the, the silhouette of a sunset at Wrigley. The weather was nice. The wind wasn't too bad. I, I left uh, the the poker tournament, and I just went and hung out in Lincoln Park a little bit because I was like, I'm already north. Like, I might as well go a little further north. Wind got dinner at from uh, Old Pueblo right there on the corner of Webster and Racine. Okay. They have really good, like, shrimp tacos. So I went and got those and brought them back to Hyde Park and watched some ball. But it was a open-up-the-windows type of day. And it was a day to enjoy, like, how great this city is. I, I was joking because I told the the new morning people over at B96, the morning mess folks, I was like, you don't understand yet. Like, the weather's been terrible. Oh, yeah. No, they- and, and you moved from Phoenix, and I'm sure you're regretting moving from Phoenix at this point. You don't understand what happens in this town. You when don't it- understand yet, and you're going to. People jump on the spring and the summer with two feet. And they just do everything that they can possibly do in the compressed time that That's we right. have it. Out there in Phoenix, they take it for granted. They take it for granted. And they'll see, like they saw last night, it was a wonderful time to be out. And tomorrow, like all day tomorrow, is going to be fun. Yeah. Like the city's going to pop. And then it'll be cold again on Monday. And, you know, we'll do our thing. We'll, we'll find our jackets again and everything will be fine. Um, I got a couple of Cubs things I got to discuss. I... I got to go after Rossi for something. What do you do? Um, I'll I'll get into it a little bit later. I'll tell you off the air, but I want to save it because I want to I want to map it out. Okay, and and, and make it do it proper. Um, so I got to go after Rossi for something. Pirates manager did something that you know that more managers should be doing. Um, so I want to talk about that a little bit. Um, we obviously have the 
the terrible play of the White Sox to discuss mm, from those last three games as they get ready for a night game tonight. Have we seen the lineup yet? Uh, Is Leori batting third? Man, I, we, we, we will discuss. Speaks, how about Leori? Not just him batting third. How about a, a hitter hitting into Leori in the shift? And him not being able to throw him out at first base. Yeah, was that the one where he like kind of took two extra steps towards the middle and made a, a soft, no? That was the soft pivot. That throw? was the play before. Oh god! Then one where he's out in right field. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And he he gets like a two hopper hit to him and doesn't throw yeah. the guy out at first base. And I was also there last night for a shift abomination, which I look forward to being impossible in the future. Uh, a a triple. That dude hit a triple on the oh, Pirates. Oh, and it went like 80 feet, right? 79 feet is how far he hit it. Uh, exit velocity, just so you know, a home run, usually about 108, maybe 115 exit velocity at, at its peak. 100 exit velocity is is hitting it hard. 49.4 miles an hour last night on a triple. He kept that running. Dude. He did the hobby thing. He did the smart thing. I'm sitting there. People are like, what, why is he running? Throw it. Throw it to third. I'm like, there's nobody there. There's, there's nobody there. There's no one at third. There's you can there. throw it over there yeah, if you, you want. Throw it if you want. But then, then he's, he's going, going home. home. <laughs> That's exactly right. Because Patrick Wisdom was there. Then he goes out to get the ball. And there's nobody there. I'm like, there's nobody there. So it's just, I'm ready, so ready for the shift to be banned. I'm so ready for the return of uh, some aesthetic and logical sensibility to a hard-hit ball, just like there are illegal defenses in basketball, just like there are, you know, bump-and-run rules or like a five-yard hold, you know, distance in the NFL, just like the neutral zone trap doesn't happen in hockey anymore because it was so filthy and bad for the game and whatever. You can make defensive rules to reinstate a game's aesthetic beauty, and it is time. It is time. Matt Spiegel is going to share all of those things with you coming up. Kendall Gill will give us a scene setter at 5 o'clock as well for the Bulls game. Sahad of Sharma from The Athletic later on. But yeah, man, my Bulls vibes are powerful. Uh, Lynn Bramer is going to stop by for absolutely no reason, which is the best reason. It's the best reason to have Lynn in here. Lawrence, have a great weekend. Thank you, Speaks. All right, man. It's me, Speaks, Solo, and Parkinson Spiegel, along with Tanny and Shane and the Diaz difference. Tanny's Open gets us started next on The Score.